0: friends. The most common sin in the world is selfishness. Selfishness assumes that the goal of living is the satisfaction of one's own ego. Concentrating on self, the selfish hate themselves. Doing always what they like, they hate what they do. Having their own way, they block the way and lose the way. Unable to get on with themselves, they never get on with anyone else. When the selfish become learned, they define religion in the language of a contemporary philosopher as what a man does with his own solitariness. When the selfish are in distress, they ask, Why should God do this to me? And when the selfish sin, they say, Arms my sin do to anyone else. The selfish people of today were on Calvary's Hill in their representative, who was the thief on the left. He had heard the blasphemy and the pride of his companion thief broken when out of a consciousness of sin he called on the Lord of mercy. But that experience left the thief on the left untouched. One can be so close to God physically and yet miss him spiritually. And turning to the Lord on the Central Cross, that wicked thief on the left in the supreme expression of selfishness cried out with bitterness of soul If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. He was the first Marxist. Long before Marx he was saying, Religion is the opium of the people. To him a religion that thinks only of souls when men are dying, which bids them look to God at the moment when courts are inflicting injustice which talks about pie in the sky when stomachs are empty and bodies racked with pain, which talks about forgiveness when the social outcasts, two thieves and a despised proletariat, a village carpenter, are dying on a scaffold. That kind of religion is a religion that is the opium of the people. If there was to be salvation for the thief on the left, was not to be spiritual or moral but physical. That is why he said, save thyself and us. Save what? Our souls? No. Man has no soul. Our bodies. What good is religion if it cannot stop pain? Step down from a cross. Rescue a class or pamper selfish interests. Christianity is either a social gospel or it is a drug. Such was the message of that thief. Our Lord did not answer him directly, but he did answer him rather indirectly. When looking down from the cross, he addressed himself to the two most beloved creatures on earth Mary, his mother and John, his disciple. But he did not address them as Mary and as John. If he had called them by their names, they would have remained what they were, representatives of a certain class. If he had said mother, she would have been his mother and no one else's. And if he said John, He would have been the son of Zebedee and the son of no one else. So he said, when he spoke to Mary, Woman, and he called John, Son. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. He was saying that religion is not what a man does with his own solitariness, but rather what he does with his relationships. He called Mary and John into a relationship as wide as the world. In a certain sense, he declassified them. She was no longer to be his mother alone. As he was the new Adam, she was to be the new Eve. He had told her about a year before that there were other ties than those of flesh and blood, namely the spiritual bond of those who do the will of God. And to herald this new relationship as the mother of Christians, he calls her woman. It was high summons to universal motherhood. And John, who up to this point is the son of Zebedee, is not called John. For that would have been to keep the ties of blood. He is addressed as Son. Son, behold thy mother. Jesus was the firstborn of Mary's flesh. But John was the firstborn of her spirit at the foot of the cross. And perhaps Peter the second, and maybe Andrew the third, and James the fourth, and we, the millionth and the millionth born. Our Lord was setting up a new family, a new social relationship, Say, John, take care of my mother. Nor did he say, Mary, look after John as you would me. No, having established a new relationship between Mary and John, namely that of motherhood and sonship, the duties to one another flowed quite naturally. The essence of religion is fellowship, based on our relationship to God and our relationship to fellow man. And That is why, as you look back on the life of our blessed Lord, that he said nothing about slavery. Because he knew that slavery would never be eradicated until men saw themselves related one to another on the basis of equality as children of God. Our Lord never gave a discourse on the need of child clinics. He who was the Son of God first proclaimed the value of a child to a pagan world by becoming a child. He said nothing about the necessity of democracy, but he laid the foundations for it. When he told Pilate, for example, what we, over 1,700 years later, wrote in the Declaration of Independence that all rights and all liberties come from God. Our Lord never said anything about the rights of labor, but he dignified labor as a vocation by working as a carpenter, he who carpentered the universe. He said nothing about treating servants decently, but he girded himself with a towel and washed the feet of his own apostles, saying, And whomsoever will be first among you shall be the servant of all." He said nothing about the equal distribution of economic good, but he first made men brothers under the fatherhood of God, and from that distribution would follow. The equality of possessions does not make men brothers, but being brothers makes for economic equality. Communism of things will never work until we start with the communism of personal relationships. Individual selfishness cannot be corrected by class selfishness. And until we learn that lesson, we will never have a solution of our economic ills. Never therefore say, religion is a purely personal matter, because you can no more have a personal religion than you can have a personal sun, or a personal astronomy, or an individual mathematics. If your personal religion unites you to God, and my personal religion unites me to God, then there is there not a common relationship between us and the common Father? That is, we do not allow ourselves to be determined by something outside ourselves. Does each one do whatever he pleases? Call out his own selections? Take the baton from the conductor or whistle his own tune? then why when the subject is religion where the conductor is God should we insist on our own individual ideas or say religion is what I think about God rather religion is what God wants it to be hence I must seek his will not mine I must discover his truth not elaborate my opinion nor is it true to say the way that i conduct my life is nobody's business but my own Or, my sin harms no one else could you throw a stone into the sea without causing ripples which would affect even the most distant shore a scientist tells us that Even the rattle of a child, which is dropped from the cradle, affects in some way even the most distant star. How then do we think that our moral actions can be devoid of social repercussions? Morality is essentially a relationship. And a relationship of threefold character. A relationship between myself and my conscience, between myself and my neighbor, and between myself and my God. And you cannot think of a single wrong deed in the world which does not disturb all these relationships, even the most secret sins. Take for example a strong hatred, even though it does not express itself in violence. First, it disturbs your relationship to yourself, physically by perhaps upsetting your stomach, mentally by creating a complex or a tension between your ideal and what you actually are and morally by a remorse of conscience and secondly your hatred disturbs your relationship to your neighbor by diminishing the content of love in the world and if enough individuals did exactly what you did we would have a war and thirdly it disturbs ship god For if you are a motor made by God which runs best on the fuel of divine love which God supplies, it follows that you upset both yourself and your happy relationship to Him by trying to run your motor on the fuel of hate. All quarrels, disagreements, wars, strifes, and dissensions begin with a false declaration of independence, independence from God and independence from fellow man. That is incidentally the reason why the Jews on the one hand and the Christians on the other are on the wrong track when they attempt to break down intolerance by protests within their own group or class. The Jews will never, never anti-Semitism, so long as they protest against intolerance only within their ranks or within their press, and completely ignore the intolerance shown to Christians. And identically, the same thing is true of Christians. until they both protest out of a common relationship, until the Jew defends the Christian and the Christian the Jew, we will never have peace. And in order to bring about this relationship and establish friends with God and with neighbor, with self, with Jew and Christian, we have published this little book, Friends. It will be out this week. Write for it. It is yours for the asking. One of the reasons, I suppose, why there's a great decline of belief in the divinity of our Lord outside of the church is because the proper understanding of the relationship existing between our Lord and his mother has been destroyed. Very few today ever think of our Blessed Mother. Would you, as a son, have much regard for anyone who said he liked you, But who refused to speak to your mother? Well, do you think our Lord can feel any differently? Particularly since he gave his mother to us on the cross. Our Lord came to us through Mary. And it will be through Mary that the world will find our Lord again. May the Jews and the Catholics and the Protestants set aside then an hour a week pray to God. May the Catholics every morning assist at Mass and prolong the Mass for half an hour and complete the hour. Very happy to say that many are doing it. May it increase. And May you be devoted to our Blessed Mother. We are her children. Our Lord gave us to her on the cross. And as children, we never grow up. May we say to her, language and the beautiful language of Mary Dixon Thayer. Lovely lady dressed in blue teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy. Tell me what to say. Did you lift him up sometimes gently on your knee? Did you show him the way mother does to me Did you ever hold his hand at night? Did you ever try telling him stories of the world? And, oh, did he cry? Do you think he cares if I tell him things? Just just little things that happen. And do angels' wings make a noise? Can he hear me if I speak low? Does he understand me now? Tell me. For... Y- Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was your little boy, and you know the way. God love you.